This week on the podcast, we hear how the Lyft CSR team deals with impact. This is Using the Whole Whale, a podcast that brings you stories of data and technology in the nonprofit world. My name is George Weiner, your host and the chief whaler of wholewhale.com. Thanks for joining us. So I'm on my way over to the lift offices, and uh, I'm walking. I didn't, I guess, need to. I didn't need to take a lift because our offices in San Francisco are so close. All right, I walked by the AT&T Park and walked into the office. Pretty nice. Exactly what you'd expect. Club music on. I'm excited to be in the Lyft offices with uh, none other than Lisa Boyd, the Senior Manager of Social Impact. How's it going, Lisa? Great, thanks. How are you? Senior Manager. That sounds important. Uh, (laughs) I'm joking, uh, because uh, I thought Lyft is just helping me get from the airport to my house, and then I was excited that my friend Lisa is in charge of something so important, but what does it all mean, Lisa? What, What is your role here? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, So Lyft has been a very socially conscious company from the very beginning. Um, And uh, within the last year, we launched a formal social impact team to be really diving into how we can do a strategic job of investing in the causes that we care about and making an impact on the things that matter most to the company. Um, so our three primary programs, which I can chat more about, um, are our sustainability work. We recently became 100% carbon neutral, which is very exciting. Um, the second is our Roundup and Donate program, where we enable our passengers to round up to the nearest dollar on their rides to uh, donate to the causes that they care about. And then our final is our Lyft Relief Rides program, where we provide donated transportation for any number of causes, but we help get veterans to doctor's appointments, uh, women uh, escaping domestic abuse to safe spaces, uh, people experiencing homelessness to shelters, and any number of other things, but effectively using our transportation to really make an impact in a way that's unique to us. Yeah, that's, uh, it's incredible because you look at a company the size of Lyft dealing in, you know, massive numbers and getting people from A to B and obviously it's a competitive space we hear about all this innovation going on why on earth should a company like Lyft spend a single dollar on social good isn't there sort of social good hey transportation you help me get there yeah one of the things that that excites me about uh, Lyft in particular is that not only are we able to have a social impact through the types of programs that I was just describing that are in my wheelhouse, wheelhouse and are kind of philanthropy oriented, um, but we also have an impact every day in the work that we do. So there's flexible job creation for people that, um, you know, for any number of reasons cannot work in a, a nine to five type scenario and really want those flexible hours. We've created opportunities for them. When it comes to uh, transportation access and previously underserved neighborhoods, if you think about the outer boroughs of New York, for example. Um, you know, there's so much impact that Lyft has had just by existing that I think is really exciting. Um, but I think we also recognize the opportunity uh, to make an impact in really unique ways and to use our superpowers for that. So if you think about sustainability, obviously we have a ton of cars driving around on the road all the time and we feel uh, 
obligated and excited to be able to think about how we can ensure that we are not having a negative impact on the environment, that we are coming out you know, right now at, at neutral, but in the future, you know, maybe even positive. Yeah, I think I have to play devil's advocate for some of the folks listening that are of the old school variety thinking that a company's role is first and foremost to its shareholders. And how do you respond to that sort of rigid assignment of saying, no, 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 your job is to the shareholders to increase profits next quarter and the quarter to follow. Why would making one of the largest, as far as I know, largest carbon credit purchases in history help shareholder A one iota? So I think there are some programs that you do because they help shareholders, and there are some programs you do because it's the right thing to do. So if you think, for example, about Lyft being a philanthropic company across the board and being active and outspoken on social issues and and, um, politics even, that has has helped the company. You know, I think one of the things that we're best known for is our donation to the ACLU in the wake of the first Muslim ban. And that really got a lot of traction and a lot of very positive attention that did come back to benefit the business. That was a, a major point where people said, oh, wow, like, Lyft really aligns with my values, and that's the company that I, I would like to use. Um, sustainability we're not actually sure that it'll come back and and, um, benefit our our bottom line. Um, And by putting out a commitment to say that we care about sustainability and we are going to offset our uh, rides in perpetuity, it kind of puts um, our butts to the fire to make sure that we as a company are prioritizing shared rides um, and how we're getting more people into every vehicle rather than single use rides. How are we investing in electric vehicles or trying to make make it easier for those to be on the road. And just across the board, thinking about sustainability, we didn't necessarily do that because it's going to benefit our bottom line. We did it because uh, the backstory of of Lyft is actually about sustainability, and our our co-founders care a lot about it. And it's the right thing to do as a company. Um, And I think in corporate responsibility, you have kind of a benefit between, or a, a give and take between those two. Time to feed the whales with a quick word from our sponsor, Whole Whale. Lighthouse by Whole Whale is a brand new Google Analytics add-on that lets you see what each of your email subscribers are doing on your website. Lighthouse links your email CRM with Google Analytics to connect the dots in your data. Give your supporters what they need by getting to know exactly what they're looking for. This easy and affordable tool shines light on what content, what pages, what paths, and what clicks they may have explored in the past two years. Learn more at getlighthouse.io. That's getlighthouse.io. And now back to our show. Well, I was I was sold as uh, as soon as I heard you were in charge of the program. I knew you were doing good things. I was just playing it up for the for the audience out there doubting. And of course, I think the the sort of timely response shows how nimble the organization really was. Talking about the you know the moment where we had the Muslim ban, and I was actually in New York, and I heard. Uh, I won't use their name, but some other <laughs> sharing group out there uh, and their response and the immediate moment that Lyft stepped in there. Uh, I do hope I do hope it sets a standard on the leading the way that shareholders uh, will in fact get value. The company mm-hmm. can do right and do well. Uh, I think a lot of it, as you said, does come from some of the ethos of the organization, and I think that's where uh, 
that's where a lot of people look when they're choosing their items, their ride-sharing, their cereal, as we <laughs> extend further. I want to get into these programs more because they're awesome. Can you give me a brief rundown in the sustainability you said, the, the Roundup, and relief rides? Mm -hmm. Sure. So um, I'll run through them in that order. Uh, specifically with sustainability, we started off by thinking about what is our biggest impact on the environment, and that is obviously the carbon emissions that come from the cars that are on the road that are that are driving for Lyft. Um, so, because our contract, because our drivers are contractors, we can't require them, for example, to have you know electric vehicles or more sustainable vehicles. So, it, at least to take kind of an immediate step, what we did was quantify all of the uh, all of the emissions that we had created in the last year, and then do a massive carbon offsets purchase to bring ourselves to carbon neutral. Um, in the future, what we're doing is also quantifying, what we're currently working on is, is quantifying what our footprint is as a company with our office buildings, thinking about how we can improve that, thinking about how we can, in fact, move towards more kind of sustainable vehicles, really investing from a product perspective in shared rides. Um, there's a ton that's going on there, but it's kind of a long-term play as we continue to move towards that um, in, a, in a slow and steady way. Um, the second initiative, Roundup and Donate, has um, been around for about a year now, so it's still relatively new, the feature, um, to allow people to donate to causes they care about. We've already raised over $8 million, um, and at the moment are working on really bringing it uh, to the forefront of the app. It's actually quite hard to find right now, um, and we're trying to make that easier. Uh, no, no, we are first to admit that. Trying to make it easier for people to find so that we get higher opt-in rates, um, so that we can raise even more money. But it's been a, a massive success, and I think it, it makes people really excited um, that they're able to simultaneously, you know, get to the places they want with ease, and also do something good and, and feel feel good about it at that time. And then the final one is our relief rides program. So relief rides actually started in the wake of hurricanes Her Harvey and Irma, when we thought about what is our way that we can weigh in on this and really uh, provide support. Obviously, transportation is our unique value add there. And so we worked with Team Rubicon to help their volunteers get to um, get to the places they needed to make an impact. Uh, we worked with the Red Cross. We worked with a number of people who did direct disaster support. Uh, we also even activated that after the shooting in Vegas, for example, to um, give free rides to people who were going to blood banks to donate blood after the shooting. Uh, we then kind of scaled this all across the country through our local teams. So Lyft uh, obviously has a, a large headquarters, but we also have tons of local teams that, that think exactly what is impactful in their community. So with respect to social impact, uh, you know, it's going to be different in every city. Here in San Francisco, homelessness is a massive issue. In Vegas, it's drinking and driving is huge. Um, in uh, uh, in Seattle, there's a lot of focus on refugees. Um, you know, every different market cares about different things, um, and we're investing locally in relief rides programs, so donated transportation to local organizations um, based off of what mattered in their community. Um, and most recently, we actually launched a national program with United Way, specifically with their 211 hotline, which is a non-emergency hotline that people can call for all sorts of different services. They were getting about 250,000 calls annually about transportation specifically, and about 30% of those were going unmet. And so what we are able to do is to uh, meet that need and to provide transportation to those folks, people getting to job interviews, medical appointments, veteran services, et cetera. So I want to come back to, let's say, the 
the Roundup and donate, and mm-hmm. how internally, I'm just curious, I walk by hundreds of desks, <laughs> many <laughs> floors, you're doing very well. How does a department, how do you particularly champion and move something like this forward? And think about this also from the perspective of people listening that are in organizations where they might be interested in starting some sort of similar program. Yeah, I think what you need to be doing is thinking in a smart product way and thinking about what your MVP is, what your minimal viable product is, to be able to launch something and show that it works. So the reason why uh, Roundup and Donate is hard to find in the app right now is because it was a pilot, it was a test. And we ran it and it got a ton of traction and it got really positive feedback across the board and it has raised a ton of money and it has just proven to be a win-win for everybody. And now we're getting a lot more product investment to be able to figure out how we bring that to the forefront, how we're analyzing data to see you know, which programs resonate best with our passengers, how often we should be uh, you know, changing in different organizations. But the program started with a very simple minimum viable product that we put out into the world just to see, hey, does this have any, any traction at all? And then setting up the right uh, you know, processes in advance to measure impact, then you're able to come to the executive team and say, here's why this really matters, and then it's easy. And then it's easy, obviously. So easy. There are people right now being like, uh, huh? (laughs) I think the point is well taken, though. Like any other product, you start with what is the quickest, fastest way to put it into the world and test it and say, hey, is this working or not? Let's talk about that part, what are the feedback indicators? What are the metrics that you are looking for when you launch uh, a new product or a social good initiative? Yeah, I think corporate social responsibility is you always have to think about every program from two angles. One is the actual impact that you're having, so uh, more of the kind of traditional nonprofit metrics. So how many people are you serving? In what ways um, would they be able to access this You know, if you weren't there? Um, how are you doing this in a unique way? Uh, all of your kind of more traditional um, measurement tactics. And then when you're working at a company, you're also thinking about how this comes back to benefit the business. Um, so you have to think about the marketing angle, or maybe it's Passenger acquisition, in our case, um, you know, there's there's simultaneously the benefit to the business and the impact that you can create, and you can find the most kind of continued investment in programs um, if you're able to solve both of those at one time. And obviously, some initiatives may skew a little bit more to one side than the other at any given time, but the sweet spot with corporate philanthropy is is in that middle ground. Very similar to how you know, if you're working in a nonprofit, you're constantly thinking about how you make the most impact, and how you tell that story to fundraisers. It's a very similar model of just kind of both proving the impact to, to multiple different stakeholders. There's a quote by Houdini that I really like. It's, when you go off and do a good deed, you don't bring a brass band. Now, how do you tow this line of when you do something that is just incredible, like the largest carbon offset purchase. And I felt like I heard about it from like a Reddit thread or something (laughs) silly. Like I didn't see it on the front page of anything. Mm -hmm. How do you get those types of marketing metrics? How do you get that level of, no, 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 we're doing awesome things. See how good we are without tooting your own horn and almost undermining the whole effort. Yeah, it's hard. Um, And I think 
if you're working in a company that's never done anything in the corporate responsibility space and you come out with a big announcement, it gets attention. You get earned media because it's unexpected. Lyft has done a lot to the point where sometimes now news is like, oh, cool, you're putting $1.5 million towards relief rides. Like, eh, I don't really care. Like, you did other things before. <laughs> and so it's actually hard to get people to pay attention. Um, but it, that's a challenge because we definitely hear feedback from passengers, for example, that say, you know, oh, if I knew that, I would definitely ride with Lyft. Or drivers that say, oh my gosh, knowing that makes me so much more proud of, of driving with you all. Have and you so I think that? you've gotten that type yeah, of Yeah, definitely. Um, and so I think we do need to do a better job of telling that story. Um, we're also still in the scheme of things fairly early in building our programs. And so um, I think right now we're really focused on building a foundation that we think will be able to have the type of impact that we feel is very, very important. And then thinking as kind of a secondary step about how we do a better job of telling that story. But making sure that we have that impact first, otherwise it's just shiny, but it's it's not real. Yeah, it's press release worthy and that's about it. Yeah. Uh, all right, I have to draw our attention to the fact that Lyft's given away some sweet dollars. How do I get some of, <laughs> how do I get some of that rounding, rounding upness? Yeah, so uh, Round Up and Donate is our obviously most requested feature. I literally get hundreds of emails a week about Roundup and Donate. Um, at the end of the day, the people that are, f that are featured in Roundup and Donate are longstanding Lyft partners. We've worked with them for years in many different contexts, whether that's through kind of our um, policy work or through our ERGs, our employee resource groups internally. Um, you know, they, these are all kind of longstanding uh, relationships, so it's not like people just kind of like write one email and then you get into it. That's just not the way it works. Um, <laughs> Definitely. Um, we uh, we do have kind of other like like relief rides is kind of one of those programs that, um, especially for kind of smaller organizations, it is in fact easier to um, get in on that uh, love. We have a community grants program in particular that helps distribute funds at the local level. So um, in about I think it's about thirty five markets now, we have we give away a thousand dollars a month to a hyper local organization um, who needs transportation for their programs and services. So if you're a local organization, that's kind of the best way to get in um, for national level organizations, often we're kind of building more robust long-term partnerships with them, um, and, and then getting into Roundup and Donate is a, a later stage in that process. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to ask you to put on your old school do something hat, because <laughs> yeah. you spent a, a number of years at dosomething.org. Tell us about when you're about to approach a company like Lyft, and you can abstract it. How are you framing that nonprofit value proposition so that a corporation can understand it and you can begin the type of conversation, relationship, sale, frankly, yeah. on that level? Um, so I think it's about, first off, being open to kind of feedback um, or open to kind of longer term timelines. Um, I think when I used to work in the nonprofit industry, I would put out a pitch to a company and I'd be like, this is brilliant. I don't know why they wouldn't ever take me up on this. And then they'd say no. And I'd be confused and annoyed. Um, but now being on the other side, you recognize like, 
there are very formal budgeting cycles. There are, you know, we do planning many months out. If it's not already slated in that, I'm not going to be able to slate it in. Um, so I think it's recognizing as a nonprofit that just because you have a really great idea doesn't mean that it is the top priority for the, the company, or it might not be in the short term, but that doesn't mean that there's not potential in the long term. So I think coming in with ideas, but also really asking questions about their priorities and the way that they work as a company um, and what they're working towards in their programs. Um, I also think um, really bringing to the table kind of what your organization offers. So, um, you know, I think that when you're doing corporate philanthropy again or trying to work with corporate partners, as much as you know, I really care about the impact side of things, I also, there are other folks within the company who really care about marketing metrics, for example. And if I'm able to bring really promising marketing metrics of how we could work together on that to other stakeholders within the company, it makes the sell-in easier. So if you can come as a, as a nonprofit, really prepare to talk through the benefit that you can bring to a company as well, so it feels like more of a, a business decision and a business agreement. Um, as well as the impact that you're having, and to really ask the questions of what is their timeline, what is their way of working, what is what are their priorities, how does this fit in with their goals? I think that's the way that you're going to kind of start off those relationships on the best foot. Yeah, it's I think especially valuable hearing someone's advice who sat on both <laughs> sides yeah. of that pitch, and I imagine you do your job with as much uh, thoughtfulness and respect as possible when you're like, oh my gosh, I know how the other side felt. <laughs> yeah, I, feel I do. <laughs> it's fun to see it from the other side as well. It's very interesting. Are there any, you've mentioned some of the successes, certainly on the ride, uh, relief rides. Are there any other national partnerships with nonprofits that uh, you're, you know, you mentioned the ACLU. I mean, mm -hmm. there's actually a long, long list, seems, of nonprofits. Are there any that are just near and dear to your heart that you're like, oh, I hope we get to talk about S. <laughs> um, well, two of our really uh, strong partners in Roundup and Donate are um, the ACLU and uh, HRC, the Human Rights Commission. Um, those have both been longstanding, really fantastic partners of ours, ones that matter a lot to our employees, our passengers, our drivers, our broader community across the board, um, and really represent uh, the kind of values that this company stands for. Um, so I think those are really exciting. Um, I also think just from a, a relief rides perspective or just from a, a trans transportation perspective, there's actually a lot of partners that we work with that are that are nonprofits but are paying customers of Lyft that do really, really phenomenal work that I don't want to overlook. So um, think about the American Cancer Society, for example. They do a ton of work and they recognize that working with Lyft to support their community in getting to and from chemo appointments, they were able to save a ton of money and operationalize much better than working with traditional taxis and other forms of transportation. And so they are a, a large paying customer of ours on our Lyft business side. Um, so even though they're not in these kind of more traditional philanthropic partnerships, they are doing incredible work by taking advantage of the service that we offer in its most traditional sense. All right. I feel like there are no shortage of questions questions that I'd love to ask you about the, the inner workings here. And if there's enough demand, I will, I will be back. I'll walk all four blocks to your office. But I think we should move into the lightning round of our section here. Uh, Great. I'm going to need short answers. Okay. 
as best you can. <laughs> and I'll start with our first question. What is a mistake you made earlier in your career that shapes the way you do things today? Not being able to effectively put myself in somebody else's shoes. And when I was pitching, I thought more about what I wanted than about what their goals were and what they needed. And so now when I talk to anybody in any other department internally or anyone externally, I'm thinking about what matters to them and how I can shape my ask or into more of an offer for them. What is something that you are excited about coming in the next year? Oh, so many things, but I think we're still early in our program at Lyft and really formalizing what that looks like. So excited to have our framework really, really solidified so that we're easily, we're able to tell that story externally in the way that, that I'm hoping um, and to, to really build on these programs that, that we built the foundation for now. What is a cool tool that you've been using in the past year that really changes the way you do work? Slack. Slack. I've been using it for a while, but it's the best. <laughs> what are some of the programmatic or technical dragons you have to slay coming in next year? Uh, reporting, figuring out how we effectively get all of the information from all of the different departments within Lyft who are doing socially oriented work. Our, it's not just one team doing social impact. There's, I kind of corral lots of different teams who are doing it. And so uh, getting the information from them to be able to report out in one cohesive way um, is, is going to be a challenge, but really exciting. If I were to throw you in the hot tub time machine <laughs> back to the Elisa who started uh, in her first month at Lyft, what advice would you give her? Have coffee with more people. Uh, you know, so working at uh, a large company is, is a lot about, you know, knowing the right people and uh, understanding who to ask questions of at the right times. Um, and I should have spent more time kind of uh, meeting just a million people right when I started uh, so that I'd be able to tap into those later. Do you believe that nonprofits can successfully go out of business? If they're willing to be humble enough to do so. If you had a magic wand that you could wave across the sector, what would it do? I would get donors to give nonprofits seed funding. So like five years worth of seed funding in the way that startup companies do, that they know that they have a runway and then you're not just kind of hand to mouth constantly. And finally, uh, what advice would you give somebody just graduating college or grad school right now, entering into the social impact world be it angling towards CSR or the nonprofit industry? I think that consulting is the best early years experience that you can ever get. You work on so many different projects with different types of companies, and you get a really strong lay of the land, not only to understand from your career perspective what you might like or dislike in your future work, but just so that you understand more about how different businesses work rather than just having one you know, I've worked at X company and I know how they do it. Uh, having consulted, I've worked with tons and tons of companies and know how all of them do it, which gives a wider range of perspective. All right, last but not least, how do people find you? How do people help you? Absolutely. Uh, Lisa Boyd, uh, you can find me on LinkedIn. You can email me at lboyd at lift.com. Uh, you can 
tweet at me at Lisa B. Boyd, although I check Twitter very rarely, so it's probably not the most successful channel. Uh, yeah. <laughs> or ask George. Cool. Yeah. Go chase me down. Lisa, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and experience. Uh, super valuable. Thanks again. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. This has been Using the Whole Whale. For more resources on today's show, please visit wholewhale.com slash podcast and consider following us on Twitter at Whole Whale. And thanks for joining us. Special thanks to gregthomasmusic.org. The awesome background music that you hear is all created by him and he can create the same amazing stuff for you too.